Got your hand out? God's willing to fill it if you'll trust him, as we'll see next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Greetings and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Four things that God wants for you. They're laid out for us here in Ephesians chapter 3. If you're willing to trust Him, He's willing to satisfy and give you all of these things. Hi and welcome to Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard will have us back in Ephesians 3. As you find your place there, remember to mark your calendar for June 4th. 4.30 to 7.30 in the evening here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You are welcome. It is your day after all. It's our truth for today listener celebration. We have some great food, great fellowship, and great testimonies with Ron Walters as our special guest. All free of charge. All you've got to do is show up and enjoy the celebration. Again, June 4th. I'll tell you more at the close of our program, but for now, if you have Ephesians chapter 3 in front of you, Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program. Now, as he's mentioned love, his third request, and I am amazed at this. He says, I would that you could experience, it's like, I wish you could know the unknowable love of God. I want you to know what is ultimately unknowable. That is, it's so deep, it's so wide, It's so high, it's so broad, it's infinite, but I want you to experience it. And then he qualifies this love, and he says, the love of Christ. And the idea is, I am praying that all this love of God I've been explaining for Ephesians 1, he chose you, he forgave you, he predestined you, he sealed you. Uh, chapter 2, you Gentiles were brought into God's plan. You've been made one in standing with the Jewish believers. You all have equal access, equal status. He said, all that you would be able to comprehend and grasp. It's a strong word. It's really katalabano, that you might lay your hands on it that you could get a grasp on this love that God has shown towards you. What he's shown you is far deeper than you've ever realized. And what happened to this church by 90 AD? They had left this love. It only took 40 years and they left their first love. They had fallen from it. They got caught up in church life, busyness, fighting false teachers, working at all the church bazaars, and they'd fallen out of love with God, but they were still Christians. The church was a well-run machine, but there was just no romance of Christianity left. They were caught up with the agenda, caught up with this detail and that detail. He said in the Greek, they labored to the point of mental exhaustion, and he commends them. You hate the Nicolaitans, something I hate, but I got one thing against you. You have fallen away from this chapter I told you. Oh, that you drink in deeply of this love of God for you. It's no longer the first love in your life. It's the sad thing of becoming a Christian. I met a guy at a men's retreat I did this weekend, and 
He said, uh, they said, someone describing to me, he said, oh, he's high as a kite. He just got saved. And so they introduced me to this young man. I said, I heard you just got saved. Yeah. Came off of alcohol, drugs, and all this. So I, I'm just, it's, it's the greatest thing. I said, don't get over it. Don't get over it. And don't run with the Christians who have. They'll talk you out of everything. Howard Hendricks used to always try to isolate new believers from old saints. Because the old saints would say, you know, the service went a little long today. I didn't like that third song. And this guy that just got saved said, isn't Jesus wonderful? He forgave me. And the old saints says, hang around for a while. You'll see problems in this church. Friend, when you come to know him and know you're forgiven, the greatest thing you could talk about is God loved you enough to do all these great things for you. Don't get churchy. Don't get into church politics. If there's any around here, we want to stamp it out. Get into Christ, his love for you, the wonderful, wonderful love of God that would have you. And so he's saying, I'm praying that you would grasp it. It's long, it's high, it's deep, it's wide, that you can comprehend the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. You know, it's uh, remarkable. It's like telling you to go to Lake Tahoe and plumb its depths. You go, has anyone ever swam in Lake Tahoe? You won't long. It's cold. But if you get in the middle of that lake, it is incredibly far down. I don't know. No human being, as I know, has ever been to the bottom of that lake. The only thing you do is dive off the boat, as it were, and get as full of the lake as you can. Surround your body. Dive in. But when you leave, leave the lake, don't say I plumbed all of its depths. You haven't. You plumbed all you could stand. If you can go under five feet and stay there about 30 seconds, that'd be enough. And that's what he's saying for these believers. I want you to experience, and the very word he puts here for knowledge uh, is a word that is experiential knowledge. I begin to think of how we know things. Uh, J.I. Packer once said, many people know about God, they just don't know God. They know a lot of facts about him. And I thought of the different way you know things. How do you know two plus two equals four? Do you experience it? No, it's an abstract. It's, a, it's just a fact. If you don't get it, get out four apples and just line them up. Put two here, put two there. You'll see it works out empirically. There is four. Good. Uh, we know some things like a machine. How do you know a machine? Oh, experience, you work with it. Uh, animals, how do you know an animal? Well, you get their characteristics, you're around them and you, you learn some. How do you know a person? Well, I do not know any person that does not share their life with me. I may know their height, I may know the color of their eyes, I may know their gender, but I don't know you unless you share yourself with me. The insides of you is never known unless you verbalize it. 
And if I'm with a quiet person, it takes me twice as long to get to know you. And sometimes it just drives me batty because you could know all you want to know about me in 20 minutes. And my wife says, shut up. <laughs> Be, have a little quietness. Keep, don't tell everybody everything. Keep them guessing. Well, how do you get to know God? Experience God. Well, you find out how he's disclosed his will. He's disclosed his feelings. He's done that in Jesus. He's done that in a written revelation. He's done that throughout history. You know he's compassionate because we've got the record of how he treated people. You know he's a miracle worker. We've got the record. You know he's kind. And he's praying, I want you to experientially know this love that is so beyond you. And uh, I think of this love that forgives you. This love that sustains you. Uh, I want you to experientially know this. This word for know, knowing God, was used of Isaac. It said, Rebekah came to him, came to his tent. He went into the tent and he knew her. And the knowingness came about through intimacy, sexual intimacy. For the Hebrew understood that. That intimacy brings about knowledge. And this is exactly what he's saying. I want you to know God experientially for yourself. It's not your grandma's faith. It's not your grandpa's faith. It's not your mama's faith. You know Christ for yourself. You've experienced his forgiveness. You've experienced his love. You've experienced his presence and his power, his overwhelming comfort to you in the different uh, issues of life, the sorrows, the ups and downs. He is experientially a God that you know. You know, I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I could find it in all this clutter up here. Uh, I wrote down things that... Uh, when I used to travel a lot by myself, I'd sing old songs like this. Uh, this one I learned from my dad. Nobody sings it. Uh, Jesus is real to me. Jesus is real to me. I never will doubt him nor journey without him, for he is so real to me. Oh, how he sang that so many times. Jesus is real to me. Real. I will never travel without him. Never will I doubt him. He's real. And just the way he would get into it and hit notes that you wish he never hit. But man, he would sing that. Uh, or a song like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Never have I heard a name that thrilled my soul like thine. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, what a wondrous grace that links that lovely name with mine. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend, beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy, he's my friend. Or we'd sing this one. I nearly got in a car wreck with a preacher and I was singing this one time. And in those days we were Pentecostals, we got to shouting in the car, nearly got killed. Uh, 
we, we started singing. It's going from uh, Seminole, Oklahoma to um, Tecumseh. And we sang, Jesus, how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim thy worthy praise forever. The name of Jesus, tis so sweet. I love its music to repeat. He makes my life full and complete. The lovely name of Jesus. Jesus, oh, how sweet the name. Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all the saints proclaim his worthy praise forever. I love the name of him whose heart knows all my griefs and bears a part. Who bids all anxious fears depart. I love the name of Jesus. Sometimes when I pray, I pull out the old hymn and I sing them to him. Because my prayer life gets romantic every once in a while. Do you ever get romantic in prayer? And you start telling him how much you love him? It's an interesting uh, emphasis here. The emphasis is on his love for you. I found that sometimes I hesitate to tell God I love him. Isn't that terrible? And the reason I think uh, I, I've done that is that I know that the love that he really counts is obedience. If you love me, you'll do what I say. So saying I love you 10 times and I obey you three times doesn't mean I love him. <laughs> so sometimes I'm hesitant or I think of Peter who said, Lord, I love you. I'll never forsake you. So I say, Lord, I love you. I think so maybe by your grace, I love you. And I almost hesitate. It's kind of a, I, uh, but then I find I can't help myself. But I find the greatest comfort in my Christian life is not my love for him. It's his love for me. See, my love is like a, a thermometer. It goes up and down. It vacillates. I can lose my first love. I've got to constantly maintain it. I can lose it in a day. I've got to stay in the love of God, Peter says. I've got to keep working at it because I can vacillate. But one love that never vacillates is his love for me. That's my greatest comfort is his love for me. And Paul says, I want you to experience God keeps loving you through your ups and your downs, your good days, your bad days, the days you pray, the days you don't, the days you're cranky, the days you're sweet. The constant in the relationship is the love of God coming towards you. And I want you to experience that. I was interviewed one time and somebody asked me, would you please tell us how much you love Christ? And I said in the interview, I no longer talk much about how I love him. The sure thing I talk about is how much he loves me. And for while we were yet enemies of God, while we were still ungodly, God demonstrated his love towards us. It's the constant. Your love and mine is hot and cold, up and down, has to be maintained, but his love is always predictable. It's constant. Finally, Paul says, there's another thing I want you to know. I'd like you to be filled with the fullness of God. Wow, what a request. 
Uh, I'm praying that you'll be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What is he basically saying? He's praying that you'll be filled up with all that God is for you. Be filled up with all that God can be for you. It seems, uh, wow, how can that be? Do I become a God then? No, he wants to your capacity to be filled with what God is. And I think that filling is to have the spirit strengthening you, have Christ feeling at home in you, uh, experiencing this great love. Then he said, you'll be filled with the fullness of God. You'll mature. I'm as filled up with God as I can for right now. He'll have to enlarge my capacity to hold any more of him. It's a great word. Now, two things. The model for this fullness is Jesus Christ, the way he behaved. You'll know you're filled with the fullness of God when you begin to act like Christ. And he'll tell us what the fruit of the Spirit's like. We'll know that. Uh, the means of this fullness is to be filled and controlled by this Spirit in the inner man. He's the means of me coming to experience this. But uh, I, I thought of it this way. If uh, I gave you a cup and I told you to go down to the Pacific Ocean, and I said, I want you to get full of the Pacific Ocean. Get as full as you can. I'm giving you a bucket. I'm giving you a cup. If you want to take a dump truck, that's okay. But get as full of the Pacific Ocean as you can. Now, let's see here. I don't want to spill it too bad. Well, this is pretty full. They know what my sermons are like, so they put a lot of water. Uh, and, uh, you know, it could take, you didn't get it. Uh, three quarters of, well, about one more inch, it'd go over. It's not quite full. But we could. But if I took this cup, threw out this water, and I went down and I filled it so that I'd come to you say, this is filled it's full of the Pacific Ocean water. Would you think that the Pacific Ocean was there? But it would be all of it that I could hold in my cup. You can never contain all that God is. All that he is. But he could fill everything that's the size of your container, your heart your inner man can stand. And he said, my prayer is that you and in the inner man and in your heart will be filled with the fullness of God, all that he is. And you're saying that just couldn't be. You don't know what I'm like. He ends with an affirmation of God's ability. I wish I had uh, set it up for you. I've got it in a pyramid. Look how he says here. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What is he saying? Your God is able to fill you with his fullness. Your God is able to let you experience the immeasurable depths of his love. 
Your God is able to let you feel the presence of a risen Christ constantly. Your God is able to empower and strengthen you in the inner man for living the kind of life he's called you to. And as we get into Ephesians 4, you're going to, he's going to say, don't be angry. You're going to say, come on, come on. I, how, how could God ever tell me to be that way? He's assumed you read the first part of the epistle. He's assumed you heard that I've got the power to help you not to be a hothead. You're going to get over there and says, get away from everything that's filthy and dirty and immoral. Hey, come on. I grew up on the temple of Diana, the multi-breasted God of Ephesus. I grew up around sex. I grew up around pornography. I grew that, this is Ephesus, one of the most moral, immoral cities of Asia Minor. How can you command us to be moral in such a filthy culture? I am assuming you heard my prayer that God would let you experience his power, the presence of Christ, the love of God, and the fullness of God. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or think if you but trust him. Don't tell omnipotence what he can't do. You control the valve and the valve is trust or distrust. And if you will not trust him, you will stay thrown to the ground, beat up, defeated, frustrated, and at times thinking Christianity is a hoax because you can't live the life God has prescribed. And you can't. You must stop by the potter's house and receive the dynamic of the power, which is the spirit and Christ. And those two presences in your life is all the energy, all the power you need to live the kind of life he will prescribe to you in the rest of the book. And we have living testimonies in this place of believers that have fled lifestyles, given up sins, changed attitudes, begin to love people and miraculous things they could have never done in their own strength or their own power. But God has done it through them. May God's power be yours. Are you tired of being defeated? Are you tired of being uh, uh, stagnated, that you're not maturing. Some of, you, some of you have parked at the wrong place. You're not filled with the fullness of God. I want you to bow your heads. No one looking around. Sometimes the pastor likes to talk to the people and say, any of you struggling with power, struggling with uh, not experiencing this Christianity? You, you believe you're saved, but you're not experiencing this power not experiencing its dynamic. And you say, please remember me in prayer, Pastor. I want to experience the Holy Spirit. I want to experience the love of God. You're not walking by faith if you're not loving people. That's the sign. You'll be rooted and grounded in love. Love for God, love for people. Pastor Phil Howard here in our series, God's Design for Life, getting a clue, an understanding, an idea of just how much God really loves us and the design that he has for your life and mine. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, and as we conclude our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that there might be those of you who would enjoy hearing this program again. 
As always, we have copies available on CD. Simply call or write to us or stop by our website. You can reach us by phone at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org. As you contact us, please bear in mind that we do continue this radio broadcast here on this station through the generous support of Truth For Today sustainers, folks just like you. With your dollars, as you partner with us financially, we'll provide to you, as our way of saying thanks, a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. It's all available for you as you partner with us financially. And speaking of, for the last 20 years, Truth For Today has been here on this radio station. It's our way of saying thank you for being a part of that ministry for the last 20 years. We would invite you to save the date and join us. June 4th, that's a Saturday, 4.30 to 7.30 here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules at the Family Life Center. It's a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry since 1997. I mean, that's, that's almost 20 years, right? What an amazing time we've had growing in grace and we trust you've been blessed by this time together. If so, again, mark it on your calendar and plan on joining us. June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30, for Valley Bible Church's Family Life Center celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry. For more information, give us a call. Our phone number, once again, is 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.